Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. When we say give, we're recognizing that God providentially cares for us. And His providential care is our best security. We're recognizing that His fatherly love is our best support. And so we're dependent upon God. We're going to God and saying, God, give us. And in that request, it's a request for God's provision. Do you find that you tend to rely on your own abilities to provide your basic needs? What would happen if those abilities suddenly disappeared? In today's message, Pastor Ed looks at the section of the Lord's Prayer dealing with our need for basic sustenance, whether it's physical, emotional, or even spiritual. He asks us to consider requesting that God grant us our daily needs and to see how that act of faith can free us from worry and provide a sense that we're cared for and deeply loved. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 5, for part one of his message entitled, Our Daily Bread. We're in a series on the Lord's Prayer. Matthew, chapter 6. I'm going to read this morning from the NIV. The Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, beginning to read with the verse 5. But when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in a synagogue and on the street corners to be seen of men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This is how you should pray. Now, notice, this is how you should pray, not this is what you should pray. There's a big difference. Jesus was not asking us to repeat again and again the Lord's Prayer, though I see value in repeating the Lord's Prayer, but he warned us against vain repetitions. What he was doing is what rabbis in his day did. They gave a topical prayer. And where to fill in and expand. It's a skeleton. It's an outline that we're to use to guide us as we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In the Lord's Prayer is really a condensing of all of the things that we really could pray about. I like the quote that said, What deep mysteries are contained in the Lord's Prayer? How many and great are they? They are expressed in a few words, but they are rich in spiritual power so that nothing is left out. Every petition and prayer we have to make is included. It is a compendium of heavenly doctrine. The prayer contains an incredible teaching 
of how you and I are to pray. Now, in the first half of the prayer, when we go to God, we're not to go to God in the way that we're so accustomed to going to Him. Oftentimes, we run to God with our needs first, with our desires, with our requests, with our burdens. We burst into the throne room of God. And God is, in this word, is saying, here's how you pray. When you pray, begin with God's agenda. When you pray, begin with His concerns. Now, base that prayer on the incredible truth that the creator of the universe has chosen to call you his child. Incredible. We could say, Abba, Father, Daddy. But we're not to become familiar with God in the sense that we lose respect or reverence for him. I remember a number of years ago a book written, Hey God, I don't think that's appropriate to just come and say, hey, God. He said, when you come, say, hallowed be thy name. It speaks of the reverence and the awe that we ought to have as we approach our heavenly Father. We call him Father, Daddy, but yet we're to recognize he is the creator. We're the creature. We're to pray that his name is reverenced by ourselves and by others. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Oh, we're so involved in building our own kingdoms, our IRAs, our homes, our houses, our lands. And God is saying, no, seek first my kingdom. Thy kingdom come. The kingdom of God. We're to be concerned about his reign in this world. We're to join John the Apostle in the last book of the Bible, in the last chapter of the Bible, in Revelation 22, when he said, even so, come, Lord Jesus. We say, oh, Lord, come back to this world and set up your reign and your kingdom. And one day, with the saints that have prayed this prayer for generations and generations, for centuries and millenniums, we will see the fulfillment when the kingdoms of the world become the kingdoms of our God. Hallelujah. That is something to shout about. And we pray, thy will be done. Oftentimes, we're going to God and saying, oh, Lord, will you see it my way? Will you do it my way? God, my will be done on earth as it is. No, God is saying no. I've given you the free gift of will, and now I ask you in prayer to come and take the free gift of your will and to put it on the altar and say, Thy will be done. Now, after we have prayed concerning God's agenda, after we have brought to God his concern and our minds have been adjusted to thinking his thoughts, now we begin to pray for ourselves. But I tell you, once you begin to pray for God's first, his agenda, his concerns, when you pray for yourself, you pray far differently. We begin a simple prayer Give us this day our daily bread. Now, it stands between the petition, the third petition, 
thy will, man's greatest accomplishment, and between man's greatest need, forgiveness, forgive us our debts. But how necessary it is for daily bread. See, our daily bread deals with our present, our situation today, our needs. Forgive us our debts deals with our past. Lead us not into temptation. Uh, It's concerned about our future. God so wisely, in the person of our Lord Jesus, gave us this model of prayer. First, I want you to notice the simplicity of our request. The simplicity of our request. Give us this day our daily bread. The moderation of our desires. He didn't say, when you pray, pray, give us our desserts. Give us our delicacies. Give us our luxuries. Give us our riches. No, bread, staple, common items. It's a wrong theology that swept our culture It arose out of American culture, and it has swept the culture that says, you need to name it and claim it. I still remember the day. He was young, a new Christian. He met me in the streets back in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and he said, Pastor, I got a brand new Cadillac. I thought to myself, I didn't know he could afford that. I said, well... Fred, where's your brand new Cadillac? He said, you can't see it yet, but I've claimed it. (laughs) And I thought to myself, surely he should have claimed some new front teeth. (laughs) He was in desperate need of (laughs) dental work. (laughs) Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9, it reads, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. He is asking us to pray. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Two, restrain our desires. We're not to come greedily to God asking him to fulfill our every whim and every want. But we're to come with moderation, asking for our daily bread. I think about how our Lord and Savior lived. I think about how the disciples lived, simply. See, when you go to God in prayer, don't take your Sears catalog or your service merchandise catalog and say, God, here it all is. So we're to be careful. Prayer is not a car blank, you know, thing where you go to God and say, God, this is what I want. This is what I need here. It's not that. See, after you've been thinking about the kingdom of God, 
After you've been praying about hallowing his name, after you've been praying about his will, something happens on the inside and no longer itself on the throne, but Christ is on the throne and your prayers begin to mirror the prayer of the great high priest in heaven who intercedes to the Father. And so we pray, give us our daily bread. I notice that it is give us this day in the King James, our daily bread. What he's saying here is, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Today, today's needs. Give us this day. Lord, give me next year today's bread. You know, something like that. Or give me, uh, Lord, everything I need now. See, we're not on the storage plan. We're on the moment-by-moment plan. Moment by moment, we walk with the Lord. Moment by moment, we're dependent upon God. Remember the Israelites in the wilderness with the manna? The manna came, and they had manna for that day, but if they kept it, it spoiled. When Jesus said in Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? When we go to God in prayer, Where to pray simply. Give us this day. Elizabeth Elliot said, Today is mine. Tomorrow is none of my business. If I peer anxiously into the fog of the future, I will strain my spiritual eyes so that I will not see clearly what is required of me now. Don't live in tomorrow. Live today. Now, in that culture, it was real. In that culture, they barely had enough wages to buy food for that day. In our culture, with technology the way it is, with our advancements the way they are, we're able to have stockpiles of food and resources. But we're not to worry and be anxious about all of those things. And sometimes when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, it's almost a trite, insignificant prayer. But to them, it meant something. To us, it should also. Because God, in a moment's time, can take away our ability to eat. In a moment's time, the economy could change. In a moment's time, the uncertainties of life could prevail. Now, not only is this in moderation of our desires, but it is the enumeration of our needs. Well, that's another point. Give us this day our daily bread. What it's saying is this. No request is too small for God. He's concerned about the smallest, insignificant prayer request that you might present. He's concerned about needs that others wouldn't consider important. Did you ever go to somebody and say, will you pray for me about this? And they say, is that all? 
Oh, God never says that to you. God never says that. It's good to see Brother Rose and Bill Dale. And I was thinking back when I was back in Brooklyn. I loved books. always loved books. And uh, I had a large library then. And I remember going to uh, Christian publications in Manhattan. And I saw a book on the prayers of the Apostle Paul. And I said, I don't have enough money to get that. And I remember praying for that book. And I didn't say anything to anybody, but our Sunday school superintendent back in Brooklyn at that time. And I guess he got gifts for the different teachers. And he came up to me and said, here's a gift. He said, you know, I know you have a lot of books, but I just took a chance and bought you this. And here it was the exact book that I had prayed about. It was the prayers of the Apostle Paul. God's concerned about your smallest request. He's concerned about those things that concern you. And so there can be the enumeration of our needs. Now, the second point is the dependency of our request. Give. Give. When we say give, we're recognizing that God providentially cares for us. And his providential care is our best security. We're recognizing that his fatherly love is our best support. And so we're dependent upon God. We're going to God and saying, God, give us. And in that request, it's a request for God's provision. In Psalm 104, it reads, Every one of these depends on you to give them their food as they need it. When you ask God, there are several things you're doing. You're saying, first of all, He owns it. You need it. God doesn't owe it to you. And you don't deserve it. The verse doesn't say, pay us. It says, give us. When we pray, we're declaring our dependence upon God. In 1776, the Second Continental Congress signed a Declaration of Independence. When you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you declared your dependence. You declared that you were dependent on God. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Could you imagine if God for one moment forgot? There's a poem that says, If God forgot. Listen to it. If God forgot the world, forgot for just one day, forgot to send the sunshine and change the night to day, forgot to make the flowers grow, forgot the birds and bees, forgot to send the sweetness of the south wind in the trees, forgot to give us friendship, forgot to send us rain, forgot to give the children play, forgot to soften pain. What would happen to this world and us? Would we go merrily on our way if God should forget, forget just one day? When we go to God, don't look to take what's in his hand the few pennies, but look to take his hand. When we go to prayer, we should remember not just the gift, but the giver of those gifts. 
Oftentimes, I think at the dinner table, we just pray in such perfunctory ways. Jesus, don't use vain repetition. We don't do that, right? No, we would never do that. We never say the same prayer every time we eat. God bless this food to this bunch. You know? We don't pray the same prayer every time we put our children to sleep. Now I lay me down to sleep. You know? No, we don't. Or do we? When we go to God, we should have a thankful heart, a grateful heart, recognizing our responsibility to Him. I was reading something about Abraham Lincoln, and it was during the Civil War. A personal friend of his wrote this. He said, I've been spending three weeks in the White House as the guest of the president. One night, it was just before the Battle of Bull Run. I was restless, could not sleep. From Lincoln's bedroom, I heard low tones of his voice. Looking in the door that was slightly ajar, I saw a slight which I've never forgotten. The tall chief executive was kneeling before an open Bible. He did not know that I could hear his agonizing supplications as he pleaded, O thou great God who heard Solomon in the night when he prayed and cried for wisdom, hear me. I cannot lead these people. I cannot guide the affairs of this country without thy help. O Lord, hear me and save this nation. History records the success an answer to that prayer. And Lincoln is one of our greatest presidents. He was dependent upon God. So when we are going to God in prayer and we say, give us this day our daily bread, we're saying, God, I'm dependent on you. We're requesting for our provision. And also there's a recognition of our provision. Everything we have is a gift from God. Everything you have is by His grace. God warned the people of Israel when they were to go into the promised land, when they were to look back and see the successes, they were never to think it was their own hand that won those battles, their own hand that gotten that wealth. He said, be careful. Remember that it was me. Uh, David remembered that. David said in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Every time we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are humbling ourselves to ask God for something. And we are recognizing that we are dependent upon Him. We are recognizing that God is the one who has given us everything. And so we cannot hold on to those things with tenacity. That leads us to our third point. The mutuality of our request. Thirty-five Thousand, a statistic I read, children every day die because of malnutrition. Every six seconds, a child dies of starvation. There should be a compassion in our heart when we pray, give us 
this day our daily bread because when we say us, our, you're someone's answer to prayer. Praying is one of the most intimate parts of our Christian life. It's the single most important way we communicate with God. Over the centuries, there have been many wonderful prayers written by saints of God. And probably the most notable is the Lord's Prayer that Jesus prayed in Luke chapter 11. Pastor Ed will be teaching through this prayer in a nine-part series entitled The Lord's Prayer. In each broadcast of Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will break down each of the components of this prayer, helping us to understand the significance of each part. We'll learn what it means to forgive others as we've been forgiven and why it's important to ask the Lord to deliver us from the snares of Satan. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Edward Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through this series entitled The Lord's Prayer, right here on Voice of Faith.